Get ready to innovate and organize your workspace with Metro. As the industry leader in storage and distribution systems, Metro is here to transform and organize your kitchen. With their premium solutions, you'll experience the Metro difference. Metro's sturdy and versatile shelving units, workstations, holding cabinets, and utility carts are designed to streamline operations and maximize your productivity. Don't settle for imitators. Metro products last longer and offer unparalleled quality and durability. Plus, the many customization options ensure that your space is tailored to your unique needs. Hey, we use them here at Walk & Talk. Say goodbye to chaos and hello to order with Metro Shelving. Visit their website or contact them today to start designing your perfect space. Metro Shelving, your partner in organization and efficiency. Hello, food fam. This is the Walk and Talk podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Fiadini. Uh, today, we're podcasting on site at Ibis Images Studios, where food photography comes alive. Get with John Hernandez. Check him out at ibisimages.com. Um, today, I think we're going to touch on sales. What is the good, the bad, and the ugly? Whoa. Pro tip. Less talking, more listening, and get the product in their mouth. Uh, We're talking food sales here. On today's menu, first, comfort food. I'm talking sweet. I'm talking savory. That means we're talking happy eats with Jeffrey James of the Wild Wild Chefs. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hey, cowboy. What are we talking about today? What did you? What, what did we cook <laughs> up? We did New six shooter sob. What do we? Do? What do we do today? We did. We did some great stuff today. I, I you know, I love playing with food um, that normal people wouldn't think of. That's so delicious. Those quote unquote awful cuts. You've got the oxtail, and then you got the chuck short rib. Which short rib in itself is not one of those. It's not to throw away or anything like that, but it's just just wonderful to play with. And um, we did it with uh, Caribbean style, with the, obviously with the oxtail, but we served it two different ways. And the short rib, we did uh, a riff on stuffed cabbage. Mm, yeah, it was delicious. Thank that you. was a good stuffed cabbage, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's let's do this. Uh, uh, John, if you could cut the, cut the music. Get, get that out of here. Get cut out the here. music. All right. Let's... Let's jump into this Cuban sandwich first, because it was good. It was super good. Thanks. Now this is like the um, the Jeffrey Schlissel uh, version of the Cuban sandwich. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get into it. So you know, there's this whole fight between Tampa and Miami. Who has the better one? You know, between lettuce, tomato, and salami. Miami. Which we don't do salami because I'm from Miami. Um, the bread here is a little bit different too. Um, can't find good Cuban bread. Uh, less of good dough. Sorry. Um, it's good, but it's not what I'm used to. Um, but I have to admit just elevating, having that smoked pork, butt with that black cherry bourbon from Jim beam and then the hickory smoke, the, I have to, I to call this out. Uh, uh, red gold sent me that Sacramento, uh, bloody Mary mix. And I'm, marinated it with the brine and that's how I brined it. And then we smoked it. And then you have that smokehouse ham layered in between. You talked about it last podcast about Gruyere, the difference between Gruyere and Swiss cheese. I wanted to elevate it. So we went Gruyere and then there's those damn, those wickle pickles. I mean, (laughs) there's some heat in that. Yeah. There's some nice heat to it too. And it's just, it's got that crunch, the sourness, the acidity and that heat that brings to it. And then to cool it all off, you've got a guava aioli and then the yellow mustard. You got to make, you know, I have to pay respects to the uh, Cuban cuisine. So I had to make the yellow mustard. Yeah. I mean, it was not a traditional uh, Cuban, Cuban sandwich, but it was super delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I dug it. My, uh, you know, my wife, you know, she would probably like, yeah, this is good, but you know, this isn't Cuban. No, no, she would probably, her mother would probably take the chancleta out of me. Like, chancleta, yeah, yeah, yeah she would want to, yeah. I would just simply get the wooden spoon because that's where I come from. You know? Well, yeah, that's that's what I got too. And by the way. Or the pow-pow, a little pinch behind the uh, arm. I pinch, yeah, I do all that stuff. My um, My children, I'm happy to say, are 
uh, they they um, react better on the spoon than a chancla. Really? Yep. Shock collars work too, but I'm not just. <laughs> I'm not a proponent of. So all I have to do is pick the spoon up and kind of like roll it a little yeah. bit, like roll it in, you know, in my in my fingers as I look at them, and it works wonderfully. I love it. Um, see where I when I grew up, it was actually used. Like they use that stuff. They, they oh yeah, break your ass with that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I just want to I just want to say that was pretty cool uh, intro there. We <laughs> we did it was impromptu. Uh, totally impromptu. Jeffrey James over here. Uh, you know. Well, so, and, and that's the thing. Like you look at some of the awful cuts that we were talking about before. You know, when you're on the trails back then, and they didn't have refrigeration or anything like that, they smoked. Not only cigarettes and other things, but they smoke the food because that's the way it preserved. You know, but the way we do it today might be a little bit different because we're adding so many different ingredients to things. But at the end of the result is still magical. I mean, you got to think of stuffed cabbage, for instance, is a, is a um, Eastern European descent. Uh, me being of Jewish descent, Ashkenazic, you know, Russian, German. My dad, you know, loved brown sugar, vinegar, and, you know, making the cabbage and all that. So I paid homage to that. Um, I just want to say shalom. Yeah, well, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, but I wanted to pay homage to not only that, but the cuisine itself, because for me growing up, I never really associated Jewish cuisine as something that's going to be really good to eat. Um, I always kind of gravitated to Asian or Italian. Um, that's what we actually I, ate I in mean, my house. I mean, you know, who, <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Who yeah. doesn't? You know, well, with a last name like yours. Right. But I will tell you, and I think, I don't know if I mentioned this on, I, on air or off air. Um, when I was living in New York as a kid, um, we would have knishes. Yeah. We talked about hot that. lunch. Yeah. 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 And it was, I love those things. And now when every now and again, when, you know, you happen to find one, the nostalgia of that smell and that flavor profile, especially with the mustard, yellow mustard, man. Yep. Yeah. It brings me just literally right back. Well, and that's the magical thing about food. We don't have yet uh time travel. But I can pick up a pasta visual, and if it hits me the right way, I think of Cataldo's off of uh, Pembroke Road and, and the Turnpike, and I was three years old, so we're going back in 1973. And I still remember that chicken parm and that pasta visual. There I was. Step by step. Step by step. 1973. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah it's and that's what's magical about food. But what, what was so what did you do different um, on the uh, stuff? Stuff Yeah, because it, it, it was different. And it wasn't traditional. No, not. And, and look at me. I'm not traditional. I mean, I'm a Jewish tattoo with a kid. Can't stop looking at you. Come on. What are you talking about? So uh, besides smoking it, I rubbed it with uh, gogorong, which is Korean powder for making the kimchi. And I let that sit there for about four days and kind of like penetrate the meat. And then I had it brined in the, the uh, Bloody Mary mix first, tried it with this rub on it. And then we smoked it for about uh, seven hours. And then I pulled it and then added in black garlic puree with a little citrus. And that would really, instead of adding red wine vinegar or sugar, cause I didn't want to have anything in sugar in there or apple cider, which is traditionally some of the stuff that's used now I used yuzu and that's that Japanese lemon meets a tangerine meets a grapefruit. So I had brought this, it brought the acidity that I was looking for. And then the tomato sauce had no sugar in it. So it was just the natural rice mixed together with some cabbage. And that's like the caramelization of uh, the, the meat, or I should say the cabbage and the Maillard reaction with meat mixed together and brought everything together. And it just jived really well. Yeah, that's that's some serious comfort food right there. Yeah, and I think the other comfort food I wanted to pay homage about, um, my wife is Jamaican, Chinese, Polish, and I can't make that joke up. Um <laughs> There's so much great humor. So in that basically itself. your wife walks into a bar. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so I wanted to, you know, when I saw the oxtail and, and we were talking about this early off, off uh, air, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was like $14 a pound. And I saw it for like five ninety nine a pound. I was like, I'm buying this. Cause it, you back in the day, it was just nothing. It was a throwaway. Yeah. It was poor people food. Exactly. And you know, now it's by the way, by the way, that was something that we had growing up when my grandmother was, uh, you know, with us and, you know, she was so amazing in the kitchen, man. But her, her oxtail was freaking 
fire. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can do oxtail in an Italian way, but I wanted to show, again, respect to the cuisine of Jamaica. You have the jerk. And in that itself, it's got so much flavor. But I didn't make the sauce this time. So my wife's family, um, they own a sauce company called Eaton, E-E-A-T-O-N. There's a little uh, picture of a Chinese girl on the front of it. That's actually her cousin. And it's a very popular um, jerk spice that they use marinade it's a wet marinade because i know they have jerk dry spices now but it's called boston and it's not like you oh it's so wicked it's not like and it's not like pocket havoca it's just that 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 jerk that they do and if you look at it it's got a red tinge to it so you know it's really got some bite to it but yeah, I, yeah, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> the, those pickles had more fire to it, heat, than, than the freaking jerk. Yeah, I know. Yeah, those, those pickles are just, like, they have what bird's eye uh, peppers in them. I don't know what was in there. You They're know, delicious. Propane with a, with, with, with little, I don't know, but it's it not was, even a ghost pepper. It was hot. Yeah. Super hot. And I wasn't expecting, because, and, and, and so first of all, you take a bite of the, the, the pickle, right? And you're like, no, this is pretty tasty. It's got a little different um, appeal to it, right? And then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm sweating. <laughs> why is <laughs> my nose running? Why is my nose running? I'm sweating. What the hell? It's a pickle. <laughs> all of a sudden, get the vid? What's going on here? Yeah. Oh God. But I think the, the, the biggest challenge for me was how to, how to balance that heat. And so what I did was... More than likely, most people in the, uh, they have, it's two, right? It's the Latins call it guandules. The Jamaicans call it pigeon peas. So pigeon peas and rice. So I just didn't make any rice. We actually infused the rice with uh, Malibu coconut rum, coconut, shredded coconut uh, without sweeten, then garlic. And you fried it. And then, well, that was the appetizer. So then once the rice was cooked, I added some more spice spices to the the not like heat spices but flavoring mm-hmm. season completo adobo uh some thyme i wanted to accentuate the some of the quote-unquote guts of what is in a jerk so it's onion and some thyme and scallions so i added that into it egg and then i put it in and, and seared that as a cake and then i tr- i wanted to showcase that as an appetizer and then i put that in half of the coconut and then use that. What I did, I didn't tell you, is I was trying to figure out the best way to take and peel the meat out of a coconut. So I was doing some research. One, you can actually take it and throw it in some boiling water for about five to ten minutes, pull it out, and it's supposed to be easy to crack. But out. you didn't want to do that. No, it doesn't work. Right. Um, so then it was one that I freeze it. So I froze it whole. I didn't take the water out. How many coconuts did you waste? None to get. Okay. So I was actually really good. Okay. I, I, I kind of jimmied the rest of it so it didn't look like poop um but the best thing of the whole thing when i froze the coconut the water inside was like a slicey oh cool and my daughter has no idea so i'm going to make something when i get home and i'm going to put that icy on top and it has that like the residual coconut it's just delicious and i was thinking how can i manipulate this into something and i'll figure that out later but i wanted to do something with an appetizer so we pulled the meat out, put it on top of the cake, and did a great presentation. John took some phenomenal shots. I mean, it was a pain in the butt to take that shot. Yes, listeners. Uh, <laughs> thank you for following us, by the way. John Hernandez uh, at ibisimages.com. Yeah, you got to check him out. Um, he, we, so what we do here on this podcast is... Uh, and when he says we, we have to clarify, John and I... <laughs> Um, I really resent that. I res- I resemble and resent equally that. Um, thank but, you for clarifying. Yeah. But, um, by the way, this doesn't happen without, uh, all right. All right. So without uh, John the and, and Jeff. All right. So, um, yeah. So what we do is we, you know, we tell Jeff, Jeff, come up with awesome stuff to cook on podcast day. And he comes up with the recipes we get mostly get all of our stuff from uh, Peninsula and some of the other, uh, you know, vendor partners that we, uh, that we work with. And then Jeff just does this magical stuff. He cooks these beautiful dishes, hands it over to John in the studio. John, you know, pho- uh, photographs everything beautifully. Attention chefs and food buyers. Are you looking to improve your proteins program with quality and service by the best in the beef business? Reach out to Peninsula Food Service. With 25 butchers on staff, their services will dazzle you and impress your dining guests. 
Peninsula is the largest Creekstone farm distributor in the Southeast United States. Let the gang at Peninsula Food Service cut your beef burdens away and ask about their dry-aged program. Look them up at PeninsulaFood.com. Wait, wait, huh. John, what time we start shooting today? 10? I think we started shooting about 10 o'clock. Yeah, and then we got done at what time? It is currently 4 o'clock. So, yeah. I just want everybody to notice <laughs> it's that long to take shots. And by the way, I'm going to say this all the time. Food doesn't move. In all, in all <laughs> fairness, that's four dishes. True, but still. I mean, four dishes, people think, I want people to realize that it's not just taking a camera, taking a shot, and that's, that's the end of it. It's, there's and a lot more a filter on it, for crying out loud. Yeah, no, filters. <laughs> no filter. No filter, yeah. Or over, or what do you call it? Over filtering? Over filtering. Who over, does that? Over filtering, oversaturation. Yeah, oversaturation. Oh, that sounds so stupid. All right, so what ends up happening, it, that's me, guys, by the way. <laughs> so what ends up, what ends up happening is, um, we have all these beautiful shots of the dishes that, you know, Jeff creates and we put that out on social media and, and it, you can really follow along. It's, it's quasi interactive really. Um, and I don't know that any other, you know, podcasters are doing anything of the sort. So we put a lot of effort into the quality of the dish. And by the way, it's not like where we're using uh, chemicals or fake stuff. Uh, we eat this food. Like, what did you just post recently that somebody commented on? It was your happiest what? A twenty. I gained twenty something pounds doing this. I, I'm up twenty five pounds almost. Yeah, yeah, well, he, I am, yeah. That's I a big a fat ass. I am a fat ass. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but it's the happiest uh, weight gain ever. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, well, weight gain. Sometimes weight gain is the happiest. Is when you have to lose the weight. It sucks. It's unhappy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I even breathing heavy and everything. It's terrible. I don't know. I don't know. Look what you did to me. Anyway, no, I didn't put a gun to you to say eat that. Son of a. So anyhow, um, so we do this. We put it out there, and you guys can just really follow along. Um, you know, chefs, uh, foodies, uh, food groupies, whatever you want to call yourselves. Listen, we're all on the same team. So, uh, Jeff, the rice. I just want you to know that rice was great. And I think you can do more with the rice, um, you know, in that, how you put it together, how it was, you know, bound together. Right. right? The cake, the rice cake. Yeah. Yeah. It like, wasn't, th don't think of rice cake like crunchy, crispy, crackly, like you're on a diet rice cake. It's no. like a potato cake or a pancake, yeah. but it was done in a, with rice. You know what that reminded me of? The cocon? No. So at the, the holidays when my grandmother would make rice, it's the part that gets stuck at the bottom. We, that, but Dominicans call it cocon. Oh, yeah. So my ex-wife was Dominican. She called it cocon. Her so father good. loved that. It. It's like really crispy, crunchy, mm -hmm. crackly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the, that's the good stuff. My right. mom used to do something with like cheese and add it. So it was melted cheese and it was stretch. Oh, and that would caramelize. Holy okay. Toledo. I'm okay with that. Oh, we need to try that. Yeah. I mean, I like even when, um, somebody did something recently and they, it was, what was it? Um, I forget what rice it was, but there was like uh, chicken broth that they they cooked it in somehow. Was it congee uh, or juk? I, I, what do you call me? No, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I, it's, I, I don't it's know. Chinese. I don't. I just I, I ate it. Yeah. Was it like a soupy kind of? No. Okay. So it was nope. like a porridge. No, 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 no. It, it was legit, like you know, sticky rice, right? But it wasn't sticky white rice. It was it it, it bound together well. But it was, I know that it was cooked because I asked, it was so good. It was, it was cooked in, uh, huh? Was that great? No, 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 no. This was at my, my friend's house. He's Filipino. Ah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I got to ask it's him. It's probably like a riff on the joke and the congee then. Maybe. Yeah. But it was so, man, it was so good. I'll, cause look, uh, I rather, I prefer pasta, right? But I wonder why. Yeah. I don't know. But the, the, the rice, man, I would, I would eat that every single day. It was that good. You sound like my wife. She eats rice. She can't eat rice every single day. Well, she could pretty much eat, you know, anything and it fits into her, you know, background. <laughs> background. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. 100% on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, jump into the other dish, go. The pot, the 420. So the 420 was a dish we had on our menu back when I was in West Palm with the restaurant that I had. Um, I don't like naming things, you know, straight, straight up and, oh, it's pot roast. I named it 420. 
Uh, it's a smoked short rib. It had a puree of celery root. All these entendres <laughs> going on. Exactly. It had celery root, but you're I like the you're like the M and M version, chef version of M and M with the, the double have, and triple entendres. I have to I get it. I got to be different. Yeah. So I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to do like whole carrots. So you did carrot peels and ribbons, and we we rolled them up into like a beautiful flower or floret. And then uh, instead of doing celery, we did celery root. Instead of mashed potatoes or you know whole potatoes, we did potato chips. So I played with the textures and the flavors and the colors. And you know, coming in and doing these shots, what's important for me now as a chef is, especially for the photography, is how can I break up colors? How can I make John happy and also have some beautiful shots? And then you know we go and choose the plates, and we had a green one today, and so we had English peas. I had to make sure the English peas were touching the white part and then they threw in the pomegranate because I wanted something red, but I don't also want to throw stuff in there that's not edible or that doesn't jive with the dish. The pomegranate would actually add the acidity, that tartness that you're looking for. Um, pro tip, anytime you have something fattening, you want to add some acid to it. Like we were talking about uh, with Asambuco, gramolata. It's just basically flat leaf parsley chopped up nice with lemon zest, and then they throw it out on top of the asambuco, the, the floor shank or hand shank. And they do that because of uh, one reason, really. It, it really cleans the palate and it enhances the flavor from the fat, so it takes away from the fat. Instead of doing that with the uh, oxtail, I wanted to do something differently, so I tried something with English cucumbers. Dude, that was <laughs> phenomenal. Because I was eating happily, yeah, happily eating exactly. uh, without the cucumber uh, on it. And then once you're like, no, man, uh, don't you forget to go over there. Use this. That it changed everything. Yeah. And, but for the, it made it even better. That was genius. Thank that you. was really great. Thank you. Right. And, and that's the thing. Like you trial and error is something I've never done before. I wanted to see if it worked. Number one, number two, my is, is the thinking going right? Am I still on t- point doing certain things? And that's the thing when you're, you're experimenting, you can't just do it and think, Oh, it's going to be done. I kind of can't wait till you mess up. So I can tell you that you suck. <laughs> I mean, it has, it hasn't happened yet, but we're, we're going to get there. Oh, we're, it will happen. We're going to get there. Yeah. It will happen eventually. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing too, that we, I have to look at is when we're doing stuff now is it's important for me with the book coming out. I want to make sure that everything is on, on point. So the next phase for the book is actually giving the recipes to people to try. Mm. And once they're able to make it and if it's like worded properly, then it, if anybody could do it, it would be easy for me because I would just be like, Jeff, just do it. Could make, you cook this up, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. So I would be able to read that recipe like quick, fast and in a hurry. Wait until you have the tuna. I'm uh, going to want. So I do a riff on uh, sushi tuna, so nigiri sushi. Mm-hmm. And instead of being the white rice that's soft and supple, I do one that's fried. So okay. it's crunchy. Yeah. And then I do um, a spicy tuna that's chopped really nice and put that on top with some caviar on top of that with some scallions or some chives. And you pop it in your mouth. I didn't come up with this one. There was that um, sushi restaurant down in uh, Hollywood that's in the... Um, the, not the Qatar Hotel, the other one. It's the old, uh, some of the hard rock. There's a sushi restaurant in there. I think it's called Kuru. I don't remember that. Oh, my God, dude. That dude came out. I remember there was one of my birthdays one year when I was working for the vendor, and there was 12 of us. We had 19 orders of this spicy tuna, crunchy tuna app, and I think five or six of them were for dessert. We didn't even have, like, the traditional. That's how good that stuff was. And I kind of like morphed it into my own thing. In fact, when I worked for the Broadliner, instead of making it with a sticky rice, I would make it with um, Rice Krispie treats. But instead of making it being sweet, I added sriracha, farakaki, uh, and um, scallions. Farakaki is a seasoning they put on sushi rice that's got kombu and seaweed in it to give it that nice flavor. Hmm. I've not had that. Uh, Wait until you, that's what I'm saying. Wait yeah. until you have that tuna. By the way, if anybody wants to go ahead and donate the tuna, I'll, I'll take it. Not mm. canned tuna. <laughs> I'm sure we have. Sushi grade tuna. Oh, Mike Kalantis. We can get it from him. Yeah, Mikey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I think we know somebody that can get some sushi in. Man, sushi you know what? We got you know, to get him over it and just kind of play around in the kitchen, you know? You know who would, that would be? This is probably a good segue into something else that we need to talk about later on. And can't wait to have him there over in Midtown Tampa that we have to talk about today. Why don't you break it, go? You mean about the party? Yeah. 
We should have had like a good like like Night of the Roxbury. Go ahead, go baby. Go. So uh, we are working very diligently. Uh, we actually just talked to somebody that works at a hotel in Midtown Tampa. We're looking at a date sometime in October, Monday specifically. It will be a service industry kind of bash for the chefs to kind of come out and hang out, cook, and have a great time. And we're going to bring bringing some people from around the country in too. So, hey, if you're one of those who want to fly all the way down to Tampa to have a great time. Yeah, I'm thinking between 50 and 100 people, right? We'll yeah. get a bunch of uh, our friends over here who are uh, into the foodie social media um, well, you got Tampa Food Mom is number one. That's definitely yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch. Cookie Licious that you just told me about. That would be nice to have her here. Possibly. I think so. Yeah, yeah, she's in Orlando. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's going to be a big bash. A lot of um, a lot of photography. A lot of phones with you know taking pictures and uh, everybody drinking and eating and have a great time. And the chefs are all going to be you know uh, of the walk and talk family. Um, you know, and maybe some of that are on the way in, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited about this, Ben. Yeah, especially because moving it from the farm was a great idea because September is very um, sketchy as far as weather. Yeah, because if we're going to bring people in, um, I, I want to get with Marvin and figure something out for season, you know, when the weather is cooler. We can't do it that it's going to be, um, you know, chef or uh, food industry focused, you know, that we're going to have to open up to, you know, just kind of our food groupies and stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to get to the farm. I want to get with, uh, to Marvin's place, oh, but it's got, yeah. but the weather's got to be there, man. I don't yeah, want to take November, a shot with December. the rain. And, yeah. and, and, you got to be December, January, February. And nobody likes 2000% humidity. I don't. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Yeah. Walked out to the car to get the jacket and I was dying. Yeah. 90, what, five degrees out today. Yeah. I, you, you walk outside, you just want to quit. Life, like I'm done. Like seventy-one percent humidity, ninety-five degrees. Yeah, man. Well, it's a wet heat. You never hear a Floridian say that. You always hear Arizona or Nevada. It's a dry heat. No, it's just hot. It's hot. Yeah. Now, but this is a wafting hot where you can't breathe. <laughs> it's like, you well, know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I said before. I'm not going to say it because we're on air. But it's definitely the taint. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you should have just went with. You chose the wrong word to go. <laughs> well, I don't, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> I just do that for John. Satan's taint. Is what it was. <laughs> Which is funny as hell. But see how I did. All right. Anyhow, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Right, so listen, uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, let's bring this. Let's come back. Let's bring it back in, guys. All right. Come in. Come in. <laughs> John. Poor John. Look at him. <laughs> We got to start recording again. We got to start getting video. It's yeah, been a while. This, gotta, that's we, definitely, and it has to just be on John. Video on John only. Well, what I said earlier that was hysterical. I wish we had a camera on him. Then, yeah, no, we that can't. Was, God, that was. Funny. Don't you? I'm not. Don't. I'm not. That's not nice. You bring it in. Let's go. What are you say? You brought it. No, up. we're going back to what you wanted to bring in. <sighs> I can't remember. Oh, the party. The the party. So, yeah, the party. So it's going to be badass. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to be there. Food galore. Cocktails. Everything. Beautiful venue. It's going to probably be uh, uh, a, a banquet room attached to a balcony. I mean, it's, you know, it's freaking nice. It will be. Yeah. Um, so we're putting that together. That's going to be in October. It'll be a Monday. So uh, chefs and, and uh, food industry peeps. It's not going to interfere too much, you know, and if you have a day off, you know what? It's a great day to spend it uh, with us. All right. I don't want to hear any crap. Just <laughs> just show up and enjoy yourself. Um, all right. So sales. Um, John, tell me about sales. Walk and Talk Podcast, now sweetened by Noble Citrus. Bite into a juicy crunch tangerine. 40 years perfected. Seedless and oh so tasty. Or savor a starburst pomelo. The giant citrus with a unique zing. Don't miss autumn honey tangerines. Big and easy to peel. Noble. Generations of citrus expertise. Delivering exceptional flavor year-round. Taste the difference with Noble Citrus.
I hate sales. <laughs> How come? It's just not my thing, man. I mean, he got nervous. Just like he he swallowed. That's why. Swallow like he like that. <laughs> just even. He's well. You said earlier you, you're you don't like people. <laughs> 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 I resemble that, <laughs> uh, and, and that's that's. There's a lot of chefs out there that are like well, that too. Though. But, but here's the thing, um, because you know, I find myself saying sometimes, like, man, I, I just I hate everybody. <laughs> but then on on the other side of it is, I I love everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but there's certain times when one episode of something, one happenstance, and you hate the entire uh, society. Right. You know. Which is crazy. You, can, you condemn the whole group Everyone for the stupidity yes. of that one person. Correct. Which um, is huge, just wrong by yeah. all accounts. Yes. Um, right. So anyhow, sales. I, I'm trying to get John and, and some other people to, uh, that we talk to every day to kind of get into the idea that sales isn't like a 1972 Car salesman <laughs> with cars. plaid pants and a bullhorn. You know what I mean? Um, it is more of um, a provider. You're a provider of something, whether that is a service or a product. And it's like, hey, I have this. And hey, do you need it? Yes. Here's what it's here. Here's the value proposition. No, no problemo. Move on. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we, uh, Jeffrey, uh, Veronica, you and I, we went to a place yesterday, a very, very prestigious uh, golf club. And it I'm was. Surprised they let me in. Me too. I don't know. The, you're, obviously, your reputation. Couldn't wear jeans. That's your, for reputa- sure. your reputation uh, did, not, you. did not perceive you. Thank yeah, you. Thank God. Anyhow, so um, that was a terrific call. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we brought uh, Peninsula um, samples. Yep. And, you know, chef cooked them up. His underlings, you know, cooked, cooked everything up did a great job and it was not a high pressure situation. Nope. Not at it like 0.0% pressure. It was just, Hey chef, here's your, here's what's good. Here's what you could, you here's what you could use it for. And that's and you, Jeffrey, you kind of lived in that moment. Obviously you being a chef, you have, um, you've worked in this capacity before as a manufacturer's rep or, you know, in, in this Rod case, a, yeah, meats, yeah. meat specialist rep. Mm-hmm. And you did a fantastic job. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. So here's the thing. Not me, them, tell the, them, these people, the ones pro, who are listening. Right. Pro right. tip. Uh, I, I think, you know, as a chef, one of the biggest things I always said to people that were coming in, the salespeople that were, first of all, let me back up. As a chef in a kitchen, you have sales reps coming in. As much of a pain in the butt they are, they're still there to do their job. And let them come in. Don't be an idiot to them. Don't treat them like garbage. They're the ones that are getting you. And half the time, by the way, they used to be in your shoes cooking in the kitchen. And they left for whatever reason they did. Don't put them down because they left the kitchen. That's the biggest thing that we could do as chefs in the kitchen today is to keep on doing that. It's you got to stop this uh, this cycle of glorifying this, the crap that we go through. Uh, I think if you are a salesperson, you also have to read your audience. I remember when I was support for sales, we walked in, the owners were scrambling, the chef is scrambling, the whole team is scrambling as we walk in. And this one rep had no clue. He was just focused on trying to sell his, what his DSM as a district sales manager wanted him to sell. And I grabbed him on the shoulder and pulled him around and said, Hey, sorry folks. Obviously you're busy with a catering gig. We're going to leave. And then that was it. He goes, what'd you do? I said, dude, read your audience. That's not the right time. Because if you kept on talking, you were going to lose the account. You weren't even going to, you weren't even going to be there as a rep. So you have to read your audience. Number one, number two, don't go in there being the cocky one and saying, Hey, this is what you can do. Cause chefs don't like that. Don't right. be, don't be that used car salesman. Right. Don't give us strong sales. We are going to be out. We're going to shut you down. Call, call you out. I think the biggest compliment I was ever given before I got into that side the meathead for the previous employer I had was Ron McTie. The rep that I had, Sandra Lau, she was like, hey, I want to bring my meat specialist in. Could you mind? I'm like, well, I'm going to vendor property. There's only thing, certain things I can do. But yeah, bring him in. Maybe you might have something for me. Set up the appointment, did everything we did. Guy walks in, turn around, couple, about a year later, whatever it was, I got the job. 
and we started working together and people were like, Hey, you worked with him. How was he? And he's like most professional guy I've ever been with. And I think that's what you need to do when you set the legacy out for yourself and who you are as a chef, you have to treat people the way you want to be treated. And if you treat people like garbage, they're going to, you know, that's not the way to go because eventually karma is going to get you. And that's it. Listen, um, when you're in the food distribution, um, sector, you're a pariah. Well, yeah, for, but, well, especially if you're a chef that you left, you're a, you're a prior. Well, here's the, here's the thing. If you make yourself useful in that you answer your phone and you make yourself available, um, you're, you're going to be accepted immediately because the, the, the problem that I've always had with salespeople, and this is my wheelhouse is, uh, you know, all of a sudden their phones, uh, they can't find their phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you got you got clients reaching out and uh, in the crunch and the, that salesperson would know this is the crunch moment and they refuse to engage. They don't answer the phone or reply to the text or whatever. And there's always going to be some silly excuse as to why. And that chef has to ride out, you know, that 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 particular moment where it's, you know, a uh, high stress, critical uh, point in time. Those sales reps don't, don't do anything good. Like they're not, they're not bringing any value. No. And everyone knows like the reputation is usually poor. But man, I tell you what, you, you answer your damn phone at nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night or five thirty in the morning, something like that. And you'll have a friend for it the rest of your life. Well, I mean, it goes no matter where they go, right. they'll bring you along. Here, here's another pro tip, and we did this yesterday. When you walk into a kitchen, you better be saying hello to the dishwasher. Oh, God, yeah. You better be saying hello to every single cook that's on that line because you know what? One day that cook might be running that dam or even that, that uh, dishwasher that best, the, might be running that kitchen one day. I don't know how it is in other states. I only know Florida and South Florida especially. But in Florida, you know, within weeks, you can go from dish pit to running the thing. Um like just like that. Yep. Which is amazing to me. But I mean, at the end of the day, you never know what the situations are with person. The warm body. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So, and all of a sudden the, the, the person that you, you know, walked by and paid no attention to, and it's visibly, it's noticeable. They remember. They remember all of a sudden you'll get no, uh, no love from, from that new uh, chef or kitchen manager or whatever. And they wonder why they lost the account. Uh-huh. I think when the other thing too, and if you own a company that's a vendor or a purveyor, um, you need to bring your drivers involved. Um, and I'll give you a, a point. In, uh, this past week, I went back into the gym and I'm working out and there's a guy next to me. He's wearing a Cheney brother shirt. And Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not much, but I still lift. Right. It's mostly um, bourbon and bacon and yeah. curls. That's One what hand. I do. Yeah, yeah. Double I guess. But uh, uh, Brian, I met Brian, and I saw the shirt immediately. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? What do you do for Cheney Brothers? He's like, I'm a driver. I'm like, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. What are you doing here? You know, because they're not usually on the road. He's like, oh, I'm on vacation. And your response was, who works out on their vacation? Obviously, when you're driving, <laughs> you do. Um, but I, I did twofold. I wanted to make sure he got the podcast and we can talk about it. But here's the option, though. The most places that have drivers don't do. They don't feed them. They feed them food, but don't talk about the food if they feed them at all. They don't talk about the specials that might be going on. They don't give them spiffs because guess what? They see your clients more than your salespeople do. Oh yeah. They could see them twice a week, if not more, depending on how many times they're going there. It depends on the, it depends on the, um, you know, produce or meat or whatever produce you're seeing them every day almost. could be a hundred percent. Uh, but there's an, there's a huge opportunity for companies that they're not even getting into. And by the way, that's free. I'm not going to charge you guys. Uh, well, maybe I will eventually, but I'm not going to, that's one of those things that I think vendors and purveyors are not doing the right thing. They need to get their truck drivers involved in it so they can help with sales. Hey, I had this, you know, this short rib they cooked up. It was just unbelievable. You should really, here's the, here's some scratch on this on whatever. Here's the number on it. Yeah, you know, you know, the good and the bad of that is... Um, Should I play that again? <laughs> <laughs> the, so the, when, when you're talking about your drivers, when you have a good driver, a good driver actually sticks their head in the door of the, of the, of the location next to their drop, right? Yeah. 
So they'll poke their head in the door and say, hey, by the way, guys, um, you know, I'm over here. I come here a few times a week. Uh, I'd love to get one of my salespeople to come in and check out. The, they're, those are diamonds, those, those, those cats. But I'll tell you, um, and I, in, in, in the position of hiring salespeople, I never wanted to take, I, I always wanted to give, you know, like to, to, to help, uh, help up and, and kind of, you know, bring somebody along and get them a better situation, but you don't really want to give up your good drivers either. They're so, it's so hard to get a good driver, you know? So you have to come up, you have to be, um, creative, right? So I would, I would work out deals with, uh, with the drivers where, mm-hmm. You know, if they were, uh, assist, if they would assist in a new account, then, you know, here's a bonus X amount, whatever, Heck Yeah, you know, but, uh, I don't want to get them off the road because no, you're, you're, and it's not talking about getting them off the road. It's talking about ha- having that next level of service, you know, and that's the thing at the end of the day in the food industry, we're not performing bearing surgery. We're serving food and we're buying food. We're delivering food. Um, yeah, I get it across the board and I can and all the drivers that drive for any, uh, prevent vendor or purveyor who does large pallets, you know, the biggest thing is those damn selectors don't know how to put the, in the truck and they select wrong. And I have to climb over this and it's this never ending thing. Guess what? It's all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day is we are, we all have to work in a community that when the driver's doing something like when I was up in Detroit, we had uh us food dropped at 200 case. Uh, order on our back dock. And by the way, the back dock was a uh, parking lot Mm -hmm. and they drove off. That was the thing that, that, uh, that, so that is one of my biggest pet peeves because you know, when, when one of your chefs calls you to tell, and and again, we're not living, this isn't uh, the, we don't live on the tundra, right? Right. Where it's Florida and it's hot (laughs) and you know, wet and there's animals everywhere of the human kind and of the animal animal kind man let me tell you something uh hey carl um do you know that your driver left the whole order on the do- outside of my door like are you kidding me see that to me your your card gets pulled you're out i don't even want you to i don't even get into the truck leave it there and don't come back Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Well, and that, that goes about how we hire, whether you're hiring a cook or you're hiring a driver, your salesperson, it's all the questions you need to ask. I mean, listen, if you like them or don't like them, Chick-fil-A, I respect the crap out of them because they have the best customer service. Hands down. They don't say, you're welcome. They say, my pleasure. They look for kids that have extracurricular activity. They want to be in church or synagogue or whatever they're doing because it shows that they have responsibility. It seems that they're happy people. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like they're, you're, you walk into one, they don't like hum glum and oh, I hate myself. They want to do it because they're, they're, it's not a fast food job. It could be a career. If they work themselves up to getting their own store, that's a lot of money in their pocket. Sure. I mean, think about the buy-in if people in restaurant tours treated their people better and did it this way, like that way, overstaffing because they wanted to make sure their guests were taken within that, whatever their SOP is. I don't know what their SOPs are for how long and how many minutes a burger will take or a chicken a burger. A chicken will take to get out there and the fries or the smoothie or shake or whatever. They have all that written down. They got that. They, they live it, breathe it. That's what we need to do in the other half of the restaurant industry. And especially for sales, man, if you guys mess up, just admit it. Oh, eat it. Or eat it. Or both. I'm saying eat it. Yeah. Like, uh, just take, take the responsibility. Yeah. You get caught with your pants down. You've been, we call it speeding when you jack up your prices too much. Hmm. You, first of all, be in line. You know, sometimes there are, that's actually a great topic because oftentimes price changes don't come from the rep. Right. Nope. It, it, cause, and a lot of that is automated anyhow. Right. So unless there's some sort of a physical override on that item for that particular customer, 
you know, uh, it's going to, it's going to fluctuate based on whatever the percentile is. Yeah. So I'm smiling because one of my reps just friended me on uh, LinkedIn. He's now a purchasing agent for a country club. And he used to be my rep when I was in the actual restaurant industry. And he used to call me, uh, my nickname was the bastard. Because it's funny, we, we call you that too, <laughs> right? It, just, it travels because I I was the one like chef yesterday. I never had one vendor. I had three. Uh-huh. I kept everyone in line, and I would always at go. I want the Jeff price, and I'd look over the shoulder <laughs> and see their com price, that bottom com one. What's that? That's the price I want because I didn't feel like I wasn't trying to be it. Uh, so if you're <sighs> It's, yeah, I'm that dude. You can, well, <laughs> it's okay to be that guy if you have the volume to back it oh, up. Oh, I did. Right? I did. It's it's the um it's the low volume folks that ask for it. You know, you walk away. You got to walk away. Oh, my favorite is like, well, I can go to Restaurant Depot and get go. it for this price. Go, but go. you're not managing. Man, I learned that young in my career. Um, you know, to try I was always looking to try to to flip those you know, guys and gals, you know, that would go to depot or a box store to, to shop. Oh my God. Biggest waste of time in your life. And even if they do buy from you, it's not worth it. Those are the slow pays, the no pays. Oh, they're so difficult to work with. And that makes such a big difference. So when you are high volume, low, whatever volume of a, of a, of a, an account you are, if you're a slow payer, you make everybody's life difficult. And, you know, there's, there are valid reasons for a slow pay. It happens. You know what I mean? But if it's a, a habitual sort of a thing, you're not going to get the fullest um, potential of service. You're just not one pricing, uh, especially because, you know, you're who, all of a sudden uh, we're the bank, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's not a healthy, uh, it's not healthy. And then when you want the, the extra service, Hey, I, you know, I, I made a mistake and you bring me this or that, or it's after, a cutoff or it's, you know, the truck's already gone. I need another truck or a, you know, a, a bailout or something. How can you ask that? Right. How's that possible? You know, but on the same token, it's give and take because when, you know, when the house makes a mistake, when that, when that distributor makes a mistake, you better fix it. You got to eat it. And if that means, you know, work until six o'clock on a Friday night or seven o'clock on a Friday night, cause you're doing a bailout somewhere, <laughs> you do it. Yeah, that's another misnomer we didn't even talk about with sales. A lot of chefs, people in the restaurant industry, think the salespeople work five days a week, and they don't. They work six. Or hands seven. Hands down, or seven. Yeah. Hands down, and they don't work. I mean, when I worked for my broadliner, I worked from in the car from like seven-something until five o'clock in the afternoon when I got home, and my daughter went to bed at eight. I then had to do all my paperwork, mm-hmm. you know, inputting all the stuff I did in computer. And that could take you up until about 11... 12 o'clock at night, depending on how many people you saw. True. And, uh, you know, one thing that gets missed, um, you, you know, glazed over, I should say, when, uh, let's just say what you're What kind op- of glaze? Honey? <laughs> bourbon? <laughs> always a bourbon. Let's just say that you're, you're a six-day operation, right? And um, you, you know, your, your sales guy might get off on a Sunday, Right. But no, not really because no, people are calling. he's got to do orders. Yeah. Or right. she has to do orders. Well, let's just say the chef, as many hours as they work, they get a day off. They get a day off. And what ends up happening is the, the sous chef or the underling or whoever is in charge of ordering, they take over the ordering. So the, ultimately, the sales rep is responsible every day for an order for that property, for that establishment. And nobody realizes that you're connected to the phone now these days, like, you know, in the old days, I mean, cause I started when, you know, maybe Nextels were, I was getting into sales when, when they were still Nextels, right? You might want to explain Nextels. We do have it's like some. a walkie talkie cell phone. It was, it was really cool. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah, actually it was a funny story. So, um, I have a funny story about the Nextel. Remember, uh, what's his name? The, the comedian, he went to uh, Africa. He like quit comedy. Oh, it's Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Right. I couldn't think of his name. So he'd just come out and, uh, and he had that Rick James. I'm Rick James, bitch. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so, um, one of, one of the guys I worked with, uh, we were just a couple of sales guys, you know, and, uh, we, we had these Nextels 
And we did this thing where middle of the day, we were just, because you just hit the button and yep. you break into whatever's happening. <laughs> and if it was loud, everyone in the restaurant here. heard you. Right. So we did, we had this thing going where we'd just break in with, with crazy stuff like that. And I hit him one day when he was actually, he was, he was with a chef, he was holding cases and I broke into some Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and it was Epic. Epic. It was great. Yeah, whatever. So I I worked at um, a a place called in in Boca called Stir Crazy Cafe, and we had just put a stock down on the floor. I remember that place. Yeah, we just put a stock down somewhere. I couldn't remember. It wasn't on the floor. It was going to be six inches above the floor. And um, I was walking over, and I clipped my phone, but I didn't clip it all the way because the I I through C or whatever what it was called at that point. And all of a sudden, the next thing I heard was bloop. I looked. I went, oh, just bought the phone. What happened? Where'd it go? I went right into the stock. Oh, no. (laughs) Gone. Brand new phone. I had no phone. Yeah, that was fantastic. That's not nearly as funny as my story, but... It's still a great story of having to go right into the... That's a great story. By the way, hot stock. You knew. Boiling. You know that it's funny because it's great. It's like that. Yeah. Well, you're going to do the Mickey Mouse next. No, I'm not going to do it. All right. Yeah, it's it's funny. Actually, so it was with a couple of weeks ago, I was... um, with the family, a couple of friends with other kids. So it was like six kids, right? And I, did, I went into the whole Mickey Mouse uh, clubhouse thing. And it was, uh, I'm a hit. <laughs> I am a hit. You know what? Maybe he should do that voice as the MC for the party, John. Yep, I think so. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? Like to. I'll talk to JR too and make sure he knows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right, you party people. Ha huh? You know, like exactly. something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody get on the dance floor. In fact, if you guys listen yeah. to this, please comment you want Carl to do that. If we get enough people to respond. <laughs> I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready to No, be the in. MC I, that that whole night. No, nah, I don't want to be. I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> that's too much. That's just, that's absolutely, absolutely I can too get much. Chef Jay-Z down from North Carolina. He can be the MC. He loves MC. Or Rocco Paradiso from Sarasota. With a name that. like that, you got to be a DJ. You know what? He does have a DJ voice. He, he was the voice of the AC. Yeah, for years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, I just saw him in New Orleans. Great guy. New Orleans. Yeah, in New Orleans. That's how you usually say it. Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, what's going on with uh, Fruity, Fruity Patootie? Oh, Fruity Patootie. We talked about yeah, He's got to be coming for that. He too. did a deal with his uh, Cheese Wheeze. Cheese Wheeze? Cheese Wheeze? Yeah. With um, Juvenile. Oh. Remember the rapper? Yeah. Yeah. He did a deal with, uh, with, with Juvenile regarding. The uh, the chips and all the stuff from... Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Congratulations, brother. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, it's... um. <laughs> so, anyhow. Pooch, you have no idea what you're involved for. Get, get me on a track. That's all I'm saying. Get me on a track. No, but um, yeah, so he's got that thing going. He's... he's he want, he Okay, so I want... We want him here. Yeah, he's just a he cool And he wants to come dude. here. Yeah. And we're going to do some cool stuff together. I, you know, we just got to coordinate some things. We got to get, we got to get on. Like well, we got to get call. his uh, Manesh shot to come with him too. Cause Manesh shot of um, Tava, the, he, the, that dude is just incredible. His food, the pro- flavor profile. I would love to have those two. We're getting a lot of cool things happening here. We, we, I, people from all over the country, chefs and some PR firms and everything are reaching out with, you know, with their clients, chef clients, and they're, they want to do some stuff. It's really cool. We're in a, we're in a great, uh, we're in a great spot. Right yeah, now. definitely are. Yeah. yeah. And I love it because it's so different. I mean, we're not, we do listen to other podcasts. I'm not going to, you know, there's they're good pro- cop that podcast out there. We were judging yesterday uh, in the car. We I was not to trying to say that, bro, but okay. No, we were, we were, ju- yeah. we listened to like top, uh, a few of the top three, top four. Just don't don't narrow it down six, like that. 10. Yeah. Top 10. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> one, so what we, what we came to realize is their content was pretty, pretty tight, but the delivery was, you know, a lot of people in the podcast, um, realm, for some reason, every, I'd say it, AI, it, yeah, everybody sounds like they're robotic, like, you know, um, or just this like monotone voice that I just say it in one way and here I am talking about it. And yes, it's really cool. I, like, I, uh, like Agnes from grew and uh, the minions. Yeah. But here's the thing. Their content is like spectacular, spectacular. And they're putting in efforts on having all the data and the, and, and those, uh, whatever the, I'm looking at John. Yeah. I'm, I'm staring, I'm totally staring at John. John's like, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, 
Um, no, that's, that's actually a lot of that's on me, but the, 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 the truth is we're like a radio show more than a podcast show. I don't know. That's, I that's just think I we're it. two two guys that have good energy together that we talk about the love and the passion for and, what we and, have, which is, happens to just be food. And John can corral that to make sure. Well, that he it's takes not, the beautiful shots, and then he's like, you know, the keeps, HR. He keeps us, <laughs> which doesn't work. <laughs> John is HR, dude. That's the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> no, before what I said in the kitchen. Well, that was, was different. Uh, Shush! Stop it. <laughs> I love him just shaking can his I, head. Um, can, HR. I speak, can I speak to somebody in HR, please? <laughs> it's just John. <laughs> what do you do now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, you know, he does his best to keep this PG-13. And then there's you. <laughs> and then there's me. Actually, it's more you than me. No, 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 yeah. no. I said taint, but you you, you cuss me. Well, I, no, I actually, I don't cuss. I haven't cussed in a long time. And me saying, like, a, you know, badass or something, that does not count. He has... I want you to go back and you find where I dropped a bomb of uh, any sort. No, I want the listeners to do that. I don't want to do that. I want somebody to do that. <laughs> I guarantee you, I know a couple people that will do that. Put together a montage. <laughs> <laughs> montage. <laughs> All the different cuss words. That would be long. I'll tell you what. We're going to... We're <laughs> What? <laughs> what are you... T- Watching you laugh is funny. <laughs> what is I said it would be really long. <laughs> no, it would not. <laughs> um... So look here, but that's not a cuss. You no, see? but that was HR looking at me and then did it to you. <laughs> here's what I here's what I propose. Some lucky, uh, some lucky person, uh, listener, someone in the audience, you're going to cook for him. What? Yeah, if, the, if they put that montage together, they need to find when I dropped a bomb last. And it isn't going to be like... Uh, well, that's what, what bomb said. are we talking about? It, it's got to be a curse. I haven't cursed or cussed or whatever, and depending on where you're yeah, from. Yeah, but you country. have levels of cursing, because you guys called me out for cursing, and I was like, well, that's not really cursing, because I don't do that. What are you talking that. about? GD? That's a curse. That's, that's not actually, a curse for me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, for you guys, not for that's me, though. Not that. Uh, that's is a, hell a curse word? No. But but the GD is bad. Not for me. Oh, goodness. It, it's the... One of the worst. Oh, for you, yeah. Not for me. Okay. So there's okay. I'll do it like this. There's nothing that I have said. <laughs> there's not a word that I have said in the past three months. I'm going to say three months because what are we in? We're in uh, August. August now, right? August. Yeah. I haven't dropped a bomb in in at least three months. I, I challenge anyone f- to find that. I challenge you. And and I'm ask, not cooking for that person because it's your challenge. You need to do no, something. No, no, no. I'm not going to cook. You got. I cook. don't want you to cook for you them. Cook. Get them a steak. HR just said, get them yeah, a steak. Hey, get, get him. Get him a. T- get him a tomahawk. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. No, 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 no. Tomahawk? Put your money where your mouth is because if you think you haven't cussed in three You're months, cook it though. No. Why do I get punished because you cussed? Because because you're usually the one that gets out of me. No. You, oh, you, oh, you're blaming me for you, you cussing? I, you. I need a lawyer here. <laughs> that's that's John. No, he's HR. He's, he's close to it. <laughs> no, his wife would be the closest thing to that. Actually, mine would be the closest thing to that. They can cook it themselves. Yeah, no, there we go. That's not fun. HR just said they can cook it themselves. That's so boring. <laughs> I'd be happy with a, tea, with a tomahawk. I mean, all right, whatever. What do you want to do? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I just I'm not think gonna, the, the wheels on the bus just fell right off. That's fine. Listen. So, if anybody out there can find uh, where I have, in fact, um, three letter or four letter word. No, not three. Ass doesn't count, dude. Sorry. Nope. No. Well, then, crap. Then I'm gonna keep on saying ass. Then. Uh, yeah, but you got to say like I don't put. Uh, I usually use it in the context of badass. I mean, like, come on, dude. Give me a break. Well, how about hole? No, I never say that. No, I, I understand that, but that and whole put together, that's a bad word, right? That would be a bad word. I'm clarifying. Yeah. Shut the front door, not the front, but that would be a bad word, right? Any, any the front door, the back door, whatever. Yeah, it's all no good. Okay. It's no bueno. The female dog, no bueno. Um, it depends on the context. You know, like if I were like, oh man, did you see that, uh, that Camaro, uh, I rock, uh, you know, whatever that's, that's bitching or something like that. Come on. get, get Bitching. Yeah. You went there. Yeah. Wow. You're just making me feel all sorts of old. You are all sorts of old. <laughs> you, you, HR. 
Is that is that uh, what did we call that? Gender, Age discrimination, not gender discrimination. No, because you're, no, because you're here. It's not like you're, you know. All right, let's, let's wisdom whiskers. Let's, yeah. As I stroke my beard, <sighs> wisdom whiskers. But you know what? Thanks for getting the short ribs and the dogs tail. It's a lot of fun today. It, it was a lot of it fun. Was. It was. It really I, was. And know? you know what? I'm finally, guys. I've been talking about that Cuban. Finally, you guys were able to taste it. I like it. Yeah. Thank I, you. Yeah. I, so Different. Wait till you see the pictures. Yeah. Photography. Hashtag Monster. Ibis images. And you could do like a dot com <laughs> on that. <laughs> All right. Um, stay tuned for what's coming in uh, October. October is going to be a huge bash for everybody going back to, you know, the season. And yeah, we're gonna be well seasoned. boy. Uh, and hey, listen, people. If you find out where uh, where I've dropped some bombs, let's do it. I'll get you tomahawk. All right, it'll be a creek stone, beautiful, cut like butter, like butter. All right, we are outski. Let me tell you about my friends over at Citrus America and their amazing juicing equipment. They're revolutionizing the way you enjoy freshly squeezed juice. They're at the best hotels, restaurants, and markets. Their mission is simple. Develop a unique consumer experience with on-premise juicing, deliver healthy taste options to clientele, and juice more faster. It's that easy. Citrus America supplies the highest quality juicing equipment and solutions in the industry. So whether you're a small business owner or a large corporation, Citrus America has the right juicing equipment for you. Find out more at citrusamerica.com.